0: Boom! Mm-hmm. You for listening to the Roundtable Consult, where we discuss political and social issues that matter to you from a spiritual, medical, and legal perspective. Join the conversation with your host, Attorney Sonya Madison and Dr. Mark Williams. Welcome to the Roundtable Consult. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Williams, and I'm joined today by my ever-evolving morphing co-host, Attorney Sonia Madison. Good morning, Sonia.
1: Good
0: morning. I see you with that Go Big Orange UT sweatshirt on. Uh, No, it's not UT. <laughs> it's not UT. I could care less about UT. Uh, The hate
1: is real. <laughs> but this is
0: bingo's color too, though. But, you know, so we can go bingos. We can go bingos. <laughs> I had, um, uh, I was, came back to work. I spent um, a couple of days down in Florida last week. Actually, we were supposed to be in the Dominican Republic. But when I tested positive for COVID, I was like, eh. Have, even, even though I had completed my isolation, I was like, I don't think I want to take my chances on going to the Dominican Republic and then still testing positive and being quarantined there for 10, 14 days, however long <laughs> they do it, and then not be able to get back in the US. And so, especially with my call, co- <laughs> the, the irony of it is, is that uh, the policy in the DR is that they will randomly screen um 10 to 15 percent of passengers for testing and but they will all test all symptomatic patients too so there was no way in this world that i was going to be on that plane for however many hours i was going to be on it and not cough and not be tested afterwards (laughs) i said i was gonna say
1: i'm expecting you to still cough during this whole segment
0: Exactly. I'm holding one back right now. I really want to do it. So,
1: trying to give you an
0: opportunity to go ahead and rent so that I can mute my microphone and cough. But we came back.
1: Oh, well, you know, you. I was going to say you sound more responsible than Sarah Palin. What, what did uh, you think about that when, when she tested positive and went out to eat?
0: I'm not familiar with this. T- do tell me. Uh,
1: Sarah Palin tested positive for COVID and then went out to a restaurant um, after tested positive. So, of course, she's gotten some backlash. Like, Well, you knew you were sick and then you just went to to hang out where people gather. Um, But, you know, and and again, I, I definitely think you need to quarantine if you know you tested positive. But I'd imagine I think a lot of people are like, well, let's just live in the world of COVID because I'm done being isolated. (laughs)
0: that's just privilege you know I'm sorry I'm so tired of privilege right now it's it's I'm seeing privilege left and right and 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 I and I don't know if I would call it maybe it is just white privilege I don't know but some of it is class privilege some of it is ignorant privilege you know it's just people who are young young and dumb just the things that people decide to do that you think. Why would you? Why would you even think to do something like that? And you don't think twice about it. All all you are is concerned about yourself. But I, actually, when I was in the airport, one of the things that uh, concerned me was because I was an A list. I said, "Oh, I've got A list status <laughs> on Southwest, and uh, only because they gave it to me. Uh, j- uh, it was a gift. It wasn't that I had earned it or anything. So, but we uh, uh, we know that
1: we know that <laughs> we know uh, it wasn't earned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay you and your affirmative action stuff <laughs> but what and, and hopefully we'll talk a little bit about that affirmative action piece that i think something's come pending up with the uh supreme court now that they may be don't, reevaluating evaluating harvard
1: oh i'm about to say <laughs> but, go ahead
0: but in any case i watched this woman uh, i mean i'll skip the line and went straight to the front of the line and there was another woman who was just standing there in front of me before, and she just looked like she was comfortable being privileged and being put in a position that other commoners aren't able to have <laughs> and And I felt uncomfortable. I'm sitting there thinking like, man, you just skipped the line in front of all these people over here and fortunately, we did because the lines was moving slow. I'm like ah, oh. and so I said I don't know if I ever want to lose this A list privilege status because it is kind of nice to be able to skip the line. But I don't know that I I don't know that I want to become comfortable with privilege, and I don't know if we should become comfortable with privilege unless we use that privilege to benefit others and to create opportunities for others. And I think that's why that's, that's why favor is given favor is given. So that you can positively influence others. I say for the kingdom of God, but when people take that privilege and take that favor and use it for their sole benefit, then I think it's a little disgraceful at that point. And I pray and hope that I'll never get to that point where I utilize my privilege only for my own good.
1: I'm sure we've all done that before. But I mean, I, I do I, I do think we it's okay to be comfortable in your privilege. I have no issue with that. But I'm also like, one, recognize that it is a privilege and it's not something you've earned. So be humble. But two, yeah, use that to open up opportunities and, and access for other people who are not as privileged. I mean, I do think as Christians, we are all privileged because we all saved by grace. Um, and, and that is something that is a gift that we don't deserve. But nonetheless, I think it's great and it's fine that we celebrate and praise God for that that grace and that privilege and that blessing that he gives us, but recognizing that those are responsibilities to share and to give opportunities and access to others.
0: Yeah. So while I was standing at the front of the A-list line, I looked over at one of my brothers and said, come on, here, you can get in front of me. <laughs>
1: no, I didn't. I know you didn't. <laughs> He probably right.
0: look back and said, I got you next <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Next time. I, you know, my just being here is enough to inspire you and give you give you hope that there is an opportunity. It's kind of like Barack Obama when, when he was elected. This it, mere fact that he was president gave the rest of us hope that we could be there one day, too. And so hopefully <laughs> we saw a lot of Black people who were waiting in the regular line who said, you know what, there's a say... Black man in the A-list line.
1: <laughs> Let me burn that hope for you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want you walking with that hope.
0: The hope that I can be president? Or I can be an (laughs) A-lister?
1: The president, bro. Let me me burn that president hope.
0: I don't know. Maybe we should post a poll. We want to poll our listening audience and viewing audience. Do you think that... I should run for president. Do you think I have the capacity to be president? We'll put that on as a poll and we'll see how many of them respond and who thinks I should run. Maybe in 2024, since uh, Joe Biden (coughs) hasn't positioned Kamala to run,
1: which is a whole other,
0: whole other (laughs) discussion right now. There's that, that whole criticism that, you know, over lately, over the past few weeks, he's been sort of very complimentary of, of of Vice President Kamala Harris, um, maybe out of criticism that people believe that they put her in a position in the White House that doesn't really set her up to be able to run, should um, or win for that matter, should Joe Biden not run again. What do you think about that strategy?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, I feel like every time there is a a person of color in a position, there's always this argument or this debate as to whether or not they're qualified, and I'm I'm kind of getting sick of that. I know we'll talk about that a little bit more as we discuss the new Supreme Court opening due to Justice Breyer's um, announcement that he's retiring, but I feel like that was the whole thing when Kamala was there, It's like this whole debate of, oh, she's not qualified, Joe Biden just doing that as identity politics, and you're, to me, anytime a, and I should say anytime, but for the most part, when a person of color is being considered, they're overly qualified I mean you look at even Barack Obama I know a lot of people are like well he was just in the senate for one session but at the same time this guy's been in the community um, running and doing all kinds of things way long before he even ran for president and I mean you guys are always taught in education this guy graduated from one of the top Ivy League schools and was editor of the law review. But that seems to be completely irrelevant just because we see him as a black person. And I say we, again, these other people that love to taunt out um, identity and non-qualifications or this argument when it comes to a black person. So, you know, one, I, I don't like that that was already in place before Kamala was even elected as the position. But then subsequently too, there's been this debate as to whether or not she even should be on the ticket next year with Biden or next election with Biden. And and I'm like, which is when has that been a debate? Like <laughs> at what point in our history has a president removed their VP as their ticket?
0: Well I will Why say I will say it happened with Trump though. It happened with Trump because they were talking about, you know, maybe in twenty twenty four, you know, that that Mike Pence shouldn't, 20, be, uh, his, <laughs>
1: shouldn't 2024 be his twenty twenty four but when he ran in twenty twenty. It was no question who was his, who was going to be his running mate during his reelection. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean that's what I'm talking about is, is, okay, if you run for a second term, why are we debating who's on your ticket? I mean, one, it makes, you, it makes the party look crazy for that person not to, to continue to stay on your ticket. But two, uh, to me, again, we're only having this conversation because we're talking about Harris.
0: Do you think so? Uh, because I would ask the question, and let me play devil's advocate here. What has uh, she done? You love it. What has she done? What is she doing? She was in charge of the border. And, you know, you listen, you look at, depending on which news stations you listen to, one news station you listen to, you won't hear anything mentioned about the border. Uh, the other one, all you hear is the millions of people who are crossing the border at unprecedented levels. And, you know, this is her primary task. What, what else is she doing as vice president?
1: Well, I will then, start by. And then saying when she's that. at, then when she's asked
0: questions, you know, she she's getting angry and testy. What well, appears to be angry and testy at the response, never really answering the question.
1: Well, and I will to answer that with two parts. One, I mean, I I would look back onto several VPs and challenge anyone to argue what what did that VP do? I mean, to some degree, the VP is there to be the leader of the Senate, um, and it's particularly the tiebreaker and not um, and to fulfill whatever responsibility this passed that the president has. So now to your point, he did assign her with home Security, which to some degree, I'm thinking, for me, I'm thinking, you're, again, setting her her for failure, how long have we been trying to fix this immigration uh, reform in the past? What, even since Bush, he, we have been talking about immigration reform and it hasn't happened. But all of a sudden, she's supposed to turn it around in two years. I, I mean, that's not even fair but I, that, I think the fact that she even made it clear listen we're not just going to let everyone in at this time where we're kind of stopping some of the access and when i remember she got a lot of flack i think it was in guatemala when she told them hey don't try to come in right now we're we're having some issues everyone's like oh my gosh i can't believe she is closing the borders What do you, i mean you argue that the borders need to be closed and then she says hey let, let us try to figure this thing out and then you're arguing that all of a sudden she's closed-minded and and you know, president, prejudice, and it's just, I, I guess I'm saying to some degree, I feel like she can't win. Like, a lot of times, you just can't win. But
0: she's not getting much camera time. Unfortunately, when she does get the camera time, she seems to flub it a bit, you know, from the... Uh, The 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 statements that she made when she was in France in France and you know uh, that was somewhat offensive to people and then just recently when they were asking uh, man what was the question that she just recently was asked and and she refused to answer it and you could see and hear the anger in her voice um, at her response to it like you shouldn't be asking me this question and I'm not going to answer
1: and that's fair but then again uh, first of all Trump. I think we were begging him not to get in front of a mic, because we knew he was going to say something crazy. <laughs> we even... were.
0: We were, but there were a lot of people who were saying, come on, say it, Trump, say it.
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's OK when he says it. Did Kamala get there? Oh, my gosh, she doesn't know how to be diplomatic in front of a mic. Um, but but even Joe Biden, again, love the guy, but didn't he just call a reporter a son of a bee, like <laughs> on the mic? I mean, I think sometimes we hold our breath too, We he in front of me like, okay, what, what is he gonna say? <laughs> so That's I mean, true, I guess but- i to just say every, I mean, that that to me is like the nature of the beast these days. I mean, politics has to become a lot more, I don't wanna say glamorized, but it, it's become more like a reality television. We we're, we're more entertained and intrigued. And so I feel like for, because of that, politicians are now in the camera more and you're, you're gonna catch some of the mistakes. The questions are harder. Uh, And sometimes the questions are probably not even sound questions. But as as Joe Biden thought, (laughs) because I mean, the question was, "Don't you think inflation is important for the midterm?" You're like, (laughs) "We can to the obvious now." But I mean, that's that's politics (laughs) these days. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you say it's the nature of the beast, but the reality of it is, is that uh, for a person of color and a and a and a white person, they're a different beast, and. We understood and we understand uh, most of our lives that we, in order to be considered half as good, we have to be twice as good, to be considered half as good. Um, And so you don't squander those opportunities when you have that level of a platform especially recognizing that the scrutiny on you is much higher than it would be on another person by nature of being facing a different beast we face a totally different beast than they do and so the bar is always been has always been much higher than us she should recognize that she's i'm sure she's accustomed to that Why is she not making the appropriate adjustments? Not saying that she should have to. We understand, we agree that she shouldn't have to outperform someone else. She should be able to be held to the same standard as Donald Trump or Joe Biden. But we understand the reality of it is, is that she's a woman and she's a person of color. She can't be held to those same standards.
1: Well, but I'm also saying, and maybe this is my empathy towards her, I don't think she's out here intentionally trying to mess up this opportunity. Uh, I mean, I, I think she is out here. Again, she's giving tasks that are hard to do. I mean, again, we're talking about borders. That thing has been something we have not fixed in well over almost two decades. And so to expect her to be able to flip it and turn around, I think it's is not realistic. But I do I'm think- only,
0: I'm only talking about her response in public. When you get that camera time, you need to maximize it. And, and I don't think she's maximizing I, I, it. I, I don't
1: point. think she's, I don't, I guess I don't think she's intentionally trying to flood, but I do think she's trying to make it seem as if she is an important asset to the party, I think there to some degree is pressure on her to, as you say, make sure look she looks like, hey, I didn't get this position because of my skin color. I got this position because I'm qualified. But I think part of the things that people forget because they, they don't really know who she is until she became as VP, if you saw her in the Senate, she was, a, she was kind of that hard, sharp-tongue in the Senate. So, I mean, she's not going to switch her personality. And I hear what you're saying. Is it's unfortunate because people are going to, and they want to call her this anyways. And I'm again, I don't agree, but they are looking to call her the angry, aggressive Black woman. It is what no, it is. we're going to be Black, black women. It's going to be Black. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, that's, and so it, yeah. anytime you know, she, she has some type of frustration, which I get, and I think you would get too, because you, to some degree, you know people are wanting you and waiting and looking for you to fail, to get some of these hard hitting questions about an issue that hasn't been resolved, in, in over a decade can be frustrating. Mm. I, well, I feel like I feel like Michelle Obama had those moments too, like you know people coming at her and she's trying to answer but getting frustrated then people are like oh my gosh that's what we're talking about there's that angry aggressive woman and then she has to scale back
0: <laughs> oh they, they they counseled her at the beginning very much right. about you know listen you can't appear this way and and you need to get your hair have your hair laid when you go out in public because they will talk about you and laid. by
1: laid meaning straight that that is meaning straight
0: <laughs> late meaning appropriately or beautifully styled we we keep no, coming back to this conversation
1: that is your late but when they were telling her late they were saying late reading straight straight <laughs> like, like no you I better people. get a permanent girl
0: put a permanent
1: we don't need to... and no 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 more fist bumps with the with the president <laughs> No more saying, you know, you're now proud of your country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I mean, so it's it's interesting. When we, and every time you kept saying a person of color and, and it kept s- reminding me of another thing that happened this past week with Tucker Carlson. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, his comment. Uh, no, it wasn't Tucker Carlson. It was Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Who is the uh, a podcast, a very conservative and controversial podcaster on um, Spotify? In fact, he's their biggest uh, listened to, their most listened to podcaster. And some, uh, who was it? Was it Neil Young? Neil Young this past week or, mm-hmm. or so decided yeah. that he would pull all of his music from Spotify if Spotify continued to support him. Had just gotten tired of all of the racist and other stuff that he would say on his uh, on his podcast.
1: I think I'm I getting think my his stories thing, confused though. About his big thing was the um, virus, the vaccine um, misinformation. I think that was one of that was Neil Young's big thing.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a podcast. I mean it was that, that virus misinformation. I think i get my stories uh because I think it was oh gosh, was it Tucker Carlson who made the comment about Eric? Yes, it was Tucker Carlson, I think. Who made the um the comment about Michael Eric Dyson, I believe it was, uh, about uh, you know, he's say? not black. He's not black. And, you know, they were having this conversation. They were talking about he had some guest on this past week, uh, where they were talking about people referring to themselves as black or white. It was like, well, I'm not white, and you get plenty of people who claim that mm-hmm. they're black who who are who are lighter than I am. So, what does that uh, what does that mean about you know? Why should we even focus about? Uh, the color of somebody's skin. Why should the color of their skin even even matter? Um <laughs> which I'm sitting there thinking like, okay. Um this is this is a problem right now. And oh gosh, I wish I could remember the 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 precise nature of the converse um of the conversation. Um but in essence he was trying to separate Race in trying to say that people are always um so focused about the color of somebody's skin. it's not really a color issue; it's really a race issue, and we use color to describe that race and to describe that ethnicity and you know he was trying to dilute that down um over this past weekend, which which I kind of got the i can sort of sympathize some I can empathize a little bit with what he was trying to say um by saying that you know like little kids a kids will say i'm not black i'm brown you know okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay tucker but you are an adult you can't get away with that kind of thing you know you understand exactly what's being meant by that and 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 maybe we shouldn't be using skin color to define a race or an ethnicity but obviously It's the most readily identifiable thing that we can do to describe um, a person's race.
1: I mean, obviously, when we talk about race, we're not necessarily talking about skin tone as we were talking about a a culture or a means of of way people or society has grouped a certain set of people for the purpose of either some type of social economic class or even social status class or even oppression.
0: I mean, I know
1: there's always argument, <clears throat> excuse me. There's also always the argument that, oh, race was never in the Bible. That wasn't for um, a thing. That's something we've kind of made up. But again, there were cultural differences and that people used to group certain people together to say that, okay, I'm better than this group. I'm better than this group. And that's really what we're talking about here. And so when we, to me, when we use these lingo's to distract the conversation, like, oh, you know, I'm brown, I'm not black, or I'm white-skinned, I'm not dark-skinned. It's a distraction from what we really need to talk about. And don't get me wrong, colorism is real, it is an issue. But again, I don't. I don't want us to deflect from the situation that there is systemic racism in this country. And it's not because of necessarily the fact that there's a brown versus black person. It's because, again, culturally, um we are in a society where certain groups are treated better than other certain groups and we have and those groups have chosen to use skin color to make that differentiation um but it's not about the skin as it is about again the cultural differences that come as a result of being oppressed in that in that group
0: yeah i I apologize that wasn't tucker carlson i think it was um Tucker Carlson might have defended it on his show, but it was a Joe Rogan. It was a Joe (laughs) Rogan comment. You know, he was saying, you know, that it's strange for people to use black as a descriptor, you know, unless you're, unless you're talking to someone who is 100% African from the darkest places, the worst that he said. And I'm sitting like, wow, Wow, how do we go? How do we go far from that? And I think Michael, Eric Dyson uh, was somehow or another brought up in the conversation, um, you know, it was <laughs> it was actually basically just a shameless, um, shameless uh, discourse that that this guy was having on his podcast. But guess what? people listen to that stuff and people thrive off of that stuff and they uh they they keep going down the road and and there's no consequence for saying th- stuff like you know unless you're talking to somebody who's 100 percent african from the darkest place where they're not wearing clothes all day and they have developed all the melanin to protect themselves you shouldn't be called a black person then you know <laughs> like are you serious <laughs> yeah well, so exactly. when he, Yeah, I think one of the quotes he said, when you use it for people who are literally my color, it becomes very strange. Really, does it become strange? You understand exactly what they're saying when you say that person's a black person, even if their skin tone is just as light as yours is. You understand what it's like, uh, Mm -hmm. because if you didn't, your ancestors sure knew, and they laid the Mm -hmm. foundation for what it means to have that, to be of that ethnicity today. And now what you're trying to do is you're trying to erase the stigma that has been attributed to us because it's a little inconvenient for you right now for us to make that distinction between the races uh, because it, it, it highlights how people of your race have really mistreated and continue to mistreat people of my race, regardless of the hue of our skin.
1: Exactly. But anyway... But, that's but what Joe did Rogan. you think about? What did you think about um, Spotify saying, "Hey, we will respect Neil Young, and and because we're not removing Joe Rogan from our"?
0: <laughs> I knew that was going to happen for the minute they said it. <laughs> I'm just there thinking, like, uh, tough choice, huh? <laughs> tough choice, Neil Young or Joe Rogan, who they just signed a hundred million dollar contract with. You know, uh, obviously they're going to go with Joe Rogan at this moment, but. What I do hope that it did was to spark many other artists to start saying, "Hey, we'll withdraw our music from it as well." If it's all it takes is a, is a spark, and you know, I almost went on Spotify and said, "You know what? I'm withdrawing my entire catalog from from uh, Spotify if Joe <laughs> Rogan doesn't go." But I didn't want to be the second one to jump on the bandwagon. I just I'd wait for like Janet Jackson or you know, uh, the heirs of Michael Jackson or whoever controls his estate, you know, I'll wait for some of them to go forward first and, uh, and then I'll, then I'll do it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put myself out there like
1: that. <laughs> I mean, I was, and, and and Neil Young did say he, and, and to be clear, uh, like I'm sure Neil Young and Spotify had a, a contract too. So really, while neil young said you know i would like it to be removed it spotify had to consent to it so he wouldn't be in kind of breach of a contract so spotify disrespected those wishes after he publicized it or or printed in in an article um but i I do to your point i do hope other artists are are will follow soon because Neil Young did acknowledge he lost six figures if not more um, from that removal and and spotify is a big it's a big media platform and so, you know, that 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 is no small I know people are like, well, he's a celebrity, he he didn't lose anything. I mean, that's that's no small sacrifice. But I, I convinced him for at some point you gotta stand for something.
0: Gotta stand for something. And you and hopefully you stand against the ignorance. And I agree that he I'm I'm glad that it was against the ignorance of the vaccine misinformation. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to people to take stance against some of the the racist things and some of the just socially racially insensitive or ignorant things that are promulgated through some of these podcasts. You know, you've heard me say it multiple times. Some people don't deserve a microphone, and uh, because some of the things that they say, I get that it's supposed to be free, but just don't give them your speech is supposed to be free. Just don't make it loud. Just don't give them a microphone and a platform to put it on, uh, especially in a racially charged environment like we are in right now, which. Uh, I did still want to make sure that we had enough time as we transitioned into our topic today, because we, we we sort of hinted on it a little bit earlier. Why why not a black woman for vice president? Why 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 is there an issue with that? Why is there an issue now with Joe Biden um, vowing that his next appointment is to the Supreme Court is going to be a black woman? Should it be that way? Should he be? Uh playing identity politics as people criticize criticize him for. Um uh, love to hear your thoughts on this one and also love to hear the thoughts of our viewers and listeners too.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for acknowledging how much you love my thoughts. Um but let me, me refresh. I like to hear that. your thoughts, not your voice. <laughs> so if you could just put it in writing. <laughs> Let me first say, I do like the way that Biden came out and made um, his, I guess, words or said his words after Justice Breyer announced his retirement. I mean, he made it very clear to say the next person will be extremely qualified, um, will have a, a good sense of character, a good sense of integrity, and she will be the first Black woman in, in the court. And I say I like that because, again, to me, he made it very clear qualifications is a no-brainer. That that, that is requirement. I mean, you, you're not going to get here if you're not qualified for the job, but also character and integrity is important as well. But then, he, I mean, he ended it with, and, and she will be the first black woman of the Supreme Court. So to me, when we talk about identity politics, and maybe we have to explore what that necessarily means, I, I consider that to mean like, oh, you're only voting for someone because she looks like you or because he looks like you or because you feel like you just identify or align more so with some type of privilege that, that person has but for some reason when we talk about philosophies or when we talk about ideologies it's no longer identity politics but to me that's that should be identity politics too if you identify with that person or relate with that person because of their philosophy and their ideology why why aren't we calling that the spade the spade that it is but again like we talked about repeatedly somehow every time we get a, a conversation becomes about particularly a, a black person or a person of color then all of a sudden oh wait a minute no we're putting identity politics in there or, or that person isn't qualified so that i don't like that i appreciate what Joe Biden did in that respect secondly for the most part the people that are being considered are people that are outstandingly qualified i think one of the persons that i can't think of her name but she's right now on the dc court of appeals and that's usually a track towards getting to the supreme court but that let's remember amy Kobe barrett pretty much had no <laughs> judicial experience had very little if not any trial experience and had little corporate um, experience in the private sector so i'm just like why then are we talking about identity politics when she comes around? But all of a sudden, because Joe Biden has made it clear that I'm gonna get a qualified person and she's gonna be a black woman, now all of a sudden, oh, oh my gosh, qualifications doesn't matter. It's an affirmative action hire, whatever that's supposed to be. Um, and, and there again, she's only getting this position because she's black. And so it's, it's just extremely frustrating that we repeatedly have to have this conversation every time it comes to an appointment or every time um, it it comes to a a seat of high prestige. And and I was very also frustrated that Ben Carson, of all people, came out and said something. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you weren't qualified for HUD. how dare you? I mean, he came out and pretty much said he, he doesn't believe that someone who isn't qualified should be in the judicial seat and it shouldn't be a black woman. He shouldn't taunt that it's going to be a black woman. And I'm like, you weren't qualified to be. Are in you, is,
0: is, is he saying that there's not a black woman who in the United States of America who is qualified
1: to me? <laughs> that's what they're all implicitly saying. And that, to me, is my problem. You're all implicitly saying there is no Black woman that's qualified for this position. And so the, to put one in there is to essentially only put that person in there because of their race. Is, is that not the underlying message that's has being sent? And then for Fox News to say, oh, and then it's got to be Kamala. First of all, there is no way, no possible way that Kamala would be considered. Put it aside the fact that she's in the VP position. But secondly, the Senate is already split. She is the tiebreaker. If you put her as the nominee, <laughs> she's no longer there. but how, but again, how ridiculous like, do you are you really looking for something to talk about so bad that you make the most atrocious, ridiculous accusations just to promote a narrative that, oh, he's only just putting some black person who's not qualified in the role and, and therefore lessening the office of, of the judiciary of the Supreme Court. So I mean, I'm just you can tell from it. I'm just I get extremely frustrated. I, I do not this narrative that every time a black person is in a role that that person isn't qualified is it, getting ridiculous. It's always been ridiculous, but it seems to continue to promote this this you know white supremacy narrative. But again, when we talk about a Donald Trump who completely was not qualified for his position, when we talk about you know Ben Carson being a HUD completely not qualified for a position, but it was okay then. And then, but yet, when we talk about the Supreme Court or even the VP of Kama, oh, they're not qualified. They're just there for their race. I mean, how are Mm -hmm. we ever going to to move forward? But yet, racism and systemic racism doesn't exist. Critical race theory is just in our minds.
0: Well, I think um, (coughs) last October, I believe it was, no, October 2020, I think it was, uh, the National Center for Education Statistics actually published some data. That showed that Black women have been obtaining their degrees at a consistently high rate for at least the past uh, eight years. Before then, in fact, um, Black women were enrolled in college at a higher percentage than any other <laughs> racial or gender group that was examined in the study. And so, uh, our Black women are getting educated. In fact, uh, if you look at the 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 percentage of uh, black people or African Americans who are actually in school, black women account for 68% of the uh, the associate's degree and about six to two-thirds of the bachelor's degree and 71% of the master's degree, 65% of the doctoral degrees. Uh, our black women are, <coughs> excuse me, they're excelling. They are getting out there, making it happen because they recognize that if they don't do it for themselves nobody else is going to do it for them i um i interviewed another and this is this is horrible for me this and i have to make an admission yeah. because um <laughs> i was looking at bringing on a an, an md candidate for the practice um and it never really occurred to me that this candidate was black and part of the reason was I was glad that it was a female who applied. And I said, i love to work with a female otolaryngologist. Uh, otolaryngology is underrepresented by females, but probably for surgical subspecialties, it's probably a higher percentage than most other surgical subspecialties. But it's definitely underrepresented by Blacks. And so uh, we do have a whole society, what they call the Barnes Society uh, named after Dr. Barnes who was uh one of the first uh otolaryngologists I think in the in the society there but anyhow you don't too often come across many black ENT's in fact I'm the only black ENT in Nashville uh but it was interesting when when I, I decided to actually look up her social media profile or go to the uh to her uh university site where she is finishing up her training and looked at the 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 photos of their residents and went down the list her entire class are female i was like wow you never see that you don't see four female residents in a program when i was going through residency there was a huge concern about um they were trying to get over that concern so before i went through residency there was a concern about Bringing women residents on because you know I hate to say it, but people are like, well, they get pregnant during residency and then they have to be out for maternity leave for a period of time or complications say, related to pregnancy. You hate and,
1: to say it, but you know you spitting it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hate to repeat what is said, but <clears throat> but the 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 issues or the concerns are real because if. Someone does get pregnant during residency, and you've got four people that that have to carry the load. Not saying that uh, anybody couldn't get injured during. Of course, anybody can get injured during pre- during residency and be out for three, four months as well. Uh, but I guess there's always that issue or that concern about whether or not a woman would get pregnant and and need to be out for several months during her pregnancy and the burden that that produces on the other residents to carry the load when you got a class of four and i applaud them for having a class of four women uh in their thing i was like wow the 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 courage that i want i hate to say the word courage but the reality of it is in today's age it's courage to have a class of all female otolaryngologists she was the only black and, and a black resident in there out of the class out of five classes for each one. So she was one in 20. Um, My program was one out of 25. There were three of us. I was like, wow, you never go figure that. Three years in a row, they had a black person. And at one point we were all on service together. And uh, I said, we don't change ENT from ear, nose and throat to the extraordinary Negro team or something. (laughs) (laughs) But but the point, I I guess... The point I'm trying to make is
1: that I I do want to dispute this narrative that that it should be a concern whether or not a a woman is going to get pregnant. I I do. I don't think that that is a legitimate concern. I I mean, what is a legitimate concern? Because, again, if we're talking about qualifications, if she's qualifying for the position, that's the only thing you'd be thinking about. If she has expressed a desire to fulfill the qualifications of the job or to fulfill the qualifications of the program, which is the three years that you're asking for her to be there. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how long. You I'm need not to saying be that it
0: shouldn't be. A, it should be a determining factor, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, it, it, saying it, it has be to concern. be a concern. It, it has be to concern. be a concern. Why shouldn't it be a concern? Uh,
1: Otherwise, ask the guy. If the guy's married, why is it a concern that he could have a kid? I mean, he should be. There is a concern too.
0: It is a concern. <laughs> it's a concern that men may want to have paternity leave, and and I would have the exact same concern about a man who would seek to to want to be out but for six weeks for paternity for leave.
1: Both. Don't don't make it say say it's exclusive to women. It is. It's It's not exclusive to women.
0: But the reality of it, the reality, let's deal with reality. The reality of it is that today.
1: That's their truth. The
0: reality of it is today that more women take off for maternity leave for longer periods of time than men take off for paternity leave.
1: And again, amenorrhea really, is not—it should not be a concern. And to me, it's just like when people would say, "Oh, well, if Hillary was president, it, she'll have her cycles, and then Let's, she'll be irritable, whatever, whatever." Now, I'm sure as a—that <laughs> should be sure, a concern. And she's sure, a medical professional, you can taught out that well sometimes people's moods do change when they're in levels of discomfort but again that is not a concern when you're looking at is this person qualified for the position they're being well they're no not, for. it should
0: not be it should not be a concern for their qualifications but it you better believe that as a business owner hey. <laughs> it is going to be a concern for me anytime i think there's a possibility or a likelihood that one of my employees are going to be out for an extended period of time i'm concerned but you about should that not be thinking when I'm about that inter-
1: when that person is applying for the not it's when they're the applying for a position. Person.
0: I agree with you on that one. But okay. you keep saying okay. it should not be a concern. I'm not, saying it you, it has to be a concern.
1: But let's
0: define what we're position. talking about. Let's define concern. Maybe that's what we should do. We should define <laughs> concern. Because I think you're saying that it shouldn't be a concern or or factor for her consideration for the position. Only thing that should be considered in that is her qualifications. I agree with that. But I will also say that as a business owner and somebody who has to run a business, I'm concerned about the possibility of any person, male, female, ugly, pretty, it don't matter about them being out for six, 12, 18 weeks at a time. I'm concerned about that because I have to, I have to prepare to continue the operation of that business without Without disruption, but I have a but I'm huge saying, that's going but on I'm right saying
1: now. that concern should not come into your forefront until either the male or female indicates that they need to take such leave. Yes, then you there should be a concern. But if someone's applying for a residency or someone's applying to to be in a position and they are indicating they are ready and eager to perform the job, you having a concern that oh my gosh, she's young, she may want to have a, a child, is to me is it, is not. It's something you need to have a concern at right now.
0: It is. It's Well, I don't know that's something that, I don't say that that's something that you should have, shouldn't have. should have a concern about. You, you have to realize the likelihood of that <laughs> happening. The likelihood of it happening is high. I have to think about the potential that at some point you're probably gonna get married. And at some point you may have a child. And at some point you may be off of maternity leave for a period of time.
1: Get out, out of my uterus. Get out, huh? get out of my uterus, Mark! Get out of my uterus.
0: Most women get pregnant. Promise you, I promise you. Most women, at some point in their lives, get pregnant.
1: So that's what I'm saying. Well, it should be. Some, if, if it's going to be a concern for you, it should be a concern on both sides. But I really do not think it needs to be a concern until someone indicates that you know that is what they're intending to do. Otherwise, you're just going to have a lot of prejudices and presumptions. That could unfairly to that person hinder their their growth within your company.
0: Is it a prejudice or is it an observation? Again, because the
1: observation is she's not pregnant. No, no <laughs> yeah. the observation
0: the observation is that the majority of women get pregnant at some point in their lives.
1: That's so the observation. Just, so, but that's like saying, "Oh, the observation is that black men are incarcerated at a higher rate than other males." in terms of percentage-wise. So then do we need to put that likelihood on, on our sons? No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and we also still recognize that there is systemic um, racism in terms of arrest and, and, and stop and frisk and all that kind of stuff. And so, I, I mean, again, until she indicates, yes, I am pregnant, you should not be walking around our office concerned that she's gonna pop in and say, "Hey." I need to take six months
0: off. I mean. I I, I almost concede to you on your point about the black criminals. But if you were to tell me that 86% of black men were criminals, then I would be concerned about it. Right. I would be, I would be concerned. I would have to think about that when I'm getting ready to hire a black man. So, but it's not that high. Um, but there's also there about eighty six percent of women who are over the age of forty or forty four or something like that are parents, and so you can presume that when you hire a woman, she either is or will be a parent at some point that's not a bad thing. we need parents we we What's love the percentage parents? Of we men love Because mothers. are these
1: huh? women having having kids by themselves are the men not no they're not as well okay. no they're not but <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but here's the deal. I'm considerate also of paternity leave. Um, there's a rising trend for um, men to take paternity leave after the birth of a child. That would concern me. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that
0: would. That would.
1: Forget raising productive kids in this country and society. <laughs>
0: no, no. Tr- listen, business has no. I might have compassion, but business has no compassion. Business is concerned only with its self perpetuation, and so you have to consider these factors when and you can't consider them when determining whether a person is qualified. I get it, and 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 I agree with that. But you must begin to plan for that inevitability. I have to plan for the inevitability. If I if I had a residency class of four women, I have to have some plans in place for the inevitability that. Some of well, I won't say it's inevitable because it may, it may have happened where you got four women went through five years of training, none of them got pregnant or had children. I agree, there's a possibility of that. So there is a, a a high likelihood that these four women will not get pregnant. They that they are committed to learning, they're committed to holding up their share of the burden of residency. There's a high likelihood that neither one of them will do that to. Uh, to their other classmates. And when you say do that to your other classmates, what do you mean? Are you talking about like I'm penalizing you? Or really, you are inflicting some extra harm on other people who have to now then take up your share of the work. So I agree with that. But you have to plan for the possibility. I have to plan for the possibility that I can walk out in the street, get hit by a car, and be incapacitated for three, four months. I have to plan for it. So I get disability insurance because of that, because I don't want my business to 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 halt because I get injured and I'm out on on leave for any period of time. I don't view that as any different. I'm just saying that you do have to consider that. But back to our back to our topic here about <laughs> the Supreme Court. <laughs> Supreme Court nominations it's probably less relevant in this situation (laughs) because if she gets pregnant and she goes on maternity leave she's still most of their work is cerebral anyway and so yes you can still perform a lot of cerebral work while you're on maternity leave if you were on maternity leave so um but there were a lot of people who gave who were upset or frustrated that 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 he would make such Play to such racial identity. I mean, racial identity politics, and saying that it's going to be a black woman, but it's not unprecedented because Ronald Reagan said, you know, hey, I want to. Uh, the next person that I appoint to the Supreme Court is going to be an Italian American. Why is in justice? Uh, was it Scalia? I think it was Scalia. Uh, was appointed. No issues. Nobody had any problems when they said they're going to appoint uh an italian to it nobody had a problem when they said i want to appoint a woman to the supreme court but now when they say it's going to be a black woman why is why is it that a black <laughs> woman is so threatening to people
1: I, that's the question i ask every day i mean <laughs> and then i would say people in general i'm not even just limiting that to um, white men or white white people I would say people in general, but I, I will find interesting because I, I read somewhere that I want to say was six out of 10 Republicans said if the, the nominee, because you know, there's got to be a hearing and senate has got to approve the, the nominee, but the nominee says that um, Joe Biden won the election fair and square, they're not going to vote for. Her. Right. Like, I mean, and, that, and, you know, Clarence Thomas, I'm sure he will say that he felt like, I, he, he, he called it a lynching, right? A modern day lynching when he went before the hearing. Um, but I'm sure he, he, you know, would probably feel like some of that would had to deal with race or not. But I'm like, okay, there's, there's a difference between there's some sexual harassment allegations out against you. Fine. We can talk about that. Amy De Barrett, whatever. i um, not, not her. Although her qualifications clearly needed to be questioned, but Joe Kavanaugh, okay, we, we've got our break Kavanaugh. We've got some, some harassment issues. But for you to ask point blank period, okay, did Joe Biden win fair fair and square? And they, and they said yes, because hey, we're in democracy, he's in this position. For you to say, Oh, well, we're not going to put you in this seat, again, you're allowing um that the whole narrative of oh, this is a black woman. We can't we gotta show or show that whatever you're gonna try to show that discredit her. I, I just
0: well, that's that to me that's just why we have a problem. That's just them trying to politicize the uh the the Supreme Court. Is it?
1: Which, is yes, it? Yes. Yes. Oh please. I don't please. know that it's. This, it's so convenient. Again, it's convenient. Been- honestly,
0: those those same people will probably have that same litmus test for any person that they put any nominee that they put up. <clears throat> I don't think that that's necessarily directly related to her being a black woman. It's those people really trying to rile up their base, their their conservative base, and they'll say and do anything to help gain their uh, an edge in their reelection, particularly in their primaries. And so, I don't, I don't think I, I think those people are just really trying to fundraise off of that.
1: Well, their base also does not want a black woman in that seat. Okay, let let's talk about the motivations of the people in their base. Let's yeah. be real here. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> really. Because Barack Obama was there and all of a sudden we've got an uprising of a base of people who <laughs> want different change. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest about their base as well.
0: So let me ask you this question. Why is it important for a Black woman to be there? Why is the race and the ethnicity of a Supreme Court justice important when all they really are supposed to be doing is upholding the Constitution and and, and interpreting the Constitution.
1: Let's be clear: if has, if anyone has read Supreme Court decisions, they understand there are two types of justices. There are justices that feel like I got to stick to whatever the letter says. If the letter doesn't say it, it, it is what it is. Um, and then there's a certain justices that are like, okay, I want to deal with the spirit. I want to deal with the, uh, but they feel like it's it's the purpose of the driving of the of the Constitution. And so with that being said, I mean, again, that's how we get the Brown versus Board of Education. The letter says, one, at some point we were three-fifths, but we were already considered less than, and and the precedent said separate could be equal. And so the people that voted for that said, hey, we're we're, we're doing so aligned with what the letter of the law says. Whereas the people that voted against it said, well, let's talk about the spirit of the Constitution. Let's talk about equal justice for all. Let's talk about the fact that in actuality, separate and equal is not actually equal. And that, to me, is why a diverse Supreme Court is so important. It's because, again, you can taunt all day long, oh, the letter says this, but if the practice or what's actually in front of you is not matching, then there has to be a change in, in how the, the letter of the law is interpreted.
0: So you think our experiences really change how we interpret things that are supposedly black and white in, in writing under the law?
1: I I don't think a lot of stuff is black and white. I think a lot of stuff is perspective. Like how, again, we talked about race. Some people are like, oh, it's completely skin skin color. I would disagree that race is about skin color. But again, the word is there. And so that's why I guess, I mean, I know this is the lawyer talking, but at the same time, just saying like there are things in the law that are not black and white. When you look at how things are interpreted, if a legislator misses a certain definition or misses a certain application they're counting on the judges to interpret the spirit or interpret the law to meet whatever the situation is happening a lot is of times the situations aren't black and white
0: but is it, is it you know it is depends it, it, like,
1: it depends on who it depends on the outcome is it because you're really asking about is the outcome fair
0: but don't but don't our experiences Impose certain biases as well, uh, whether they're for or against a certain thing, or in or away from a certain interpretation. Our experiences introduce bias, and, and guess you could always say that you know. Well, there's when you have a group of 180 men who, or 100 or so justices, more than 100 justices who have been white men then their experiences are imposing a bias as well. Um, So I think as long as we recognize that our experiences are imposing a bias, then we can shape the outcomes by shaping, hopefully, the biases that you've put in there based off of their experiences.
1: Not necessarily sure what you're meaning by that, because again, systemic racism is real. And so if we are also in that pretty much saying, even in the judiciary, you see systemic racism and therefore you see a bias for or against a group of people um, to ensure that their oppression, then yeah, we need other people to point on that court to point out, hey, you might've thought that this was completely impartial, but in application, this oppressed a group of people based on their cultural race or whatever. And so we then need to address that. But in order for them to see that that exists, you need someone outside their circle pointing it out.
0: You can point it <laughs> out, but I, I guess you have to be careful. The, the reason why I hesitate is because you have to be careful when you start making selections based off of, a, because you want to embrace a person's perspectives that are shaped In part by their cultural experiences.
1: This is the first Black woman out of what, 100 Supreme Court justices that have been on the Supreme Court? I'm By glad. no means is this one person about to change the whole <laughs> dynamic of the Supreme Court for the Probably past- <laughs>
0: not to change any of it because you still got right. the six conservatives on the other side, one of whom the ultra conservative is a black person in the first place. Right.
1: So. so I mean, that, but that's why I'm saying some of these concerns you're going to point out are not legitimate concerns. <laughs> and it's not as if we're dealing with a, a person who's never been on the judiciary. You can read, because I already know whoever Joe Biden picks will be someone that's already on the judiciary. You can read their opinions yeah. and see how they've been aligned. And, and quite frankly, if any of them showed an overt bias to some degree, I'd imagine someone would have complained and would have been investigated. I mean, we, you and I talk about this all the time. We can't get away with not being perfect. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, Kamala Harris is proving that to be true right now too. uh I mean, we will get out to.
1: They're like, "Hey, I'll give you a seat, but I will burn it if you are not in
0: line." (laughs) Well, I tell you what, we will find out soon. Uh, I think he said he's planning to nominate, make his nomination by the end of February. And so we will find out how vicious the uh, confirmation process will be and the, the, the ridiculousness that will come up in some of the questioning. <laughs> and sadly, some of it is probably going to come up from my senator, Marshburn, in uh, Tennessee. She's already proven herself to be uh, pretty ignorant <laughs> with the, with the <laughs> federal judge, the, the recent federal judge where she called his traffic tickets a, a rap sheet. well to be continued Uh, because we sure will see a lot more to come
1: yes and 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 i'll just say one thing can you imagine being that white person that votes against the first black female on the court i mean that that's just (laughs) that would just be absolutely crazy but but in the meantime thank you guys so much for tuning in you can catch us on your favorite podcast platform um and and i will put out apple Uh, but it'd be like Spotify we, <laughs> we are on there <laughs> we're going to uh, pull gonna... <laughs> our show off of Spotify no we're not no
0: we're not no, we're not. not yet
1: uh, you of course will always hear live on Facebook every Saturday at 11am, 10am Central Standard Time and catch us on Star Radio as well, catch the replay of the episodes and do like and comment and let us know what you think thanks so much for tuning in, we'll see you next weekend Ooh
0: this has been another episode of the roundtable consult listen to this or other episodes at your convenience on your favorite podcast directory or listening app or catch us live every saturday morning 10 a.m central standard time 11 a.m eastern at facebook.com forward slash roundtable consult tune in live and join the conversation